So we come to look at these lines in the Lord's Prayer. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Now, you probably know that Matthew and Luke are the two Gospels that relay the account of Jesus' teaching here in the Lord's Prayer. Matthew's teaching ends in chapter 6 and verse 13 with last week's phrase, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then he stops. That's it. The end. Luke's teaching ends in chapter 11, verse 4, with simply, and lead us not into temptation. So where did this bit come from? Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Where's that all come from? The writer Peter Graves tells the story of how when Mozart was nearing the end of his life, he'd been asked by uh, an, Aust an Austrian nobleman uh, to compose a requiem mass. And so he was started to work on this. And then he became ill and became very, very ill. And so his students uh, started to complete the work, the mass that Mozart had started. They looked at his notes. They'd all studied with him. They knew how to do it. Uh, they wanted to do it so well that it would bring honour to Mozart. And so they tried to complete it in the way that he would have done. They tried to be like the master. So what we have here is not the actual words of Jesus, perhaps, but the early Jewish Christians, they will have inserted it a bit later. They wanted to bring a note of praise and they wanted to point all the glory to God. And that was a traditional thing to do at the end of most Jewish prayers. So while they did that, they prayed the prayer that Jesus taught. It was something they'd known since they were children. They prayed it daily. They studied what it meant. And so by adding the words, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, they carefully bring the prayer to an end by bringing home the fact that there is no greater power or kingdom glory than that which is God's. They sensed that that's what Jesus was trying to get over in the Lord's Prayer. Now, linking to that, you may remember how a few weeks ago I spoke about the line, your kingdom come. And here I highlighted the difference between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Herod. I spoke of how Jesus was speaking against the corrupt politics of those who ruled by hierarchical imposition rather than by the way of justice and truth and love. You see, we know that Jesus disrupted the old way of thinking and pointed to the possibility of an approaching new kingdom, a new era. Stanley Howass, whose writings have been so influential in this series, says salvation is political, economic and social. So he says, for example, when the poor are lifted up and the rich are sent empty away, as in Mary's Magnificat, so God's kingdom is breaking out. We touched on this a few weeks back. But what follows from this then is that when we pray fervently in the spirit, when we pray the words, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever, then every prime minister, every president and countless ambassadors alike should be worried. They should be quaking in their boots. You see, we exist, his followers we exist as people to live out in this servanthood way. We exist to live out this servanthood, a base up hierarchy that speaks up on behalf of those seen as low or worthless or possessing low skills. 
So in all the pain, in the death, in the nightmare of this current pandemic, the world has woken up much more to the meaning of value and worth. Now, more than ever, those in power must act and raise and write policies that enhance the plight of the underprivileged and the undervalued. In this way, the kingdom of God breaks in more visibly. His power and his glory will be seen. A government that exercises force either through its own policies or its own internal behaviours simply encourages its communities to follow its example. It reveals a hard heart that serves only itself. Those that show their heart through service and gracious justice and tangible action start to reveal something of the servant, gracious path of God in Christ. This, friends, is the kingdom, the power and the glory breaking in right in front of our eyes. So if governments of the world can't do this, then structures must change. If structures do not change, then earthly wisdom, power and glory is all that you're left with. And we're back to the kingdom of Herod. Full stop. So again, we who believe and pray the Lord's Prayer, we who call ourselves Christian, must set this example where we are and live out being people of kingdom power and glory. I'm sure you've heard the name Dudley Gardner. Dudley Gardner was a British Army major who spent many years of his life alongside Mother Teresa serving to the poor of Calcutta. He joined forces with the Salvation Army in India in order to do this and he rose very early in the morning every single day and stood on on his feet which were very very poor. Uh, he stood for 15 hours with his own health problems each day. Gardner was a big man. He wasn't particularly healthy. He had a big beard and was known locally as the angel with the bushy beard. But you know what? He showed the politics of God. He showed the power of God, the glory of God on earth. And this is salvation in front of your eyes. Here was a visible sign of resistance to everything that the world worships, self and ambition and dead tradition. Gardner acted it out. It was more than words. And you know what? That power and that glory has a strange beauty too. You see, when we demonstrate our allegiance to God rather than to lies, rather than to sham, rather than to selfishness, we are shouting loudly this, I belong to a new kingdom. And in doing this, we demonstrate a new kind of politics. So this kingdom is now, it is in eternity. Churches can be a kind of foretaste of that kingdom, but we will still not be fully satisfied. Our appetite for the living God is greater than any church structure. We are on a big picture spiritual journey of discovery, which is not yet over. And God promises that we shall feast with him. As Christine read earlier, God is with us now and forever, and he makes all things new. This is our kingdom. God is our power. 
God in Christ is our glory. So like those early Christian Jews, we can only end our prayers with praise and worship and acknowledge the wondrous God that we serve for who he is and for what he has done through Jesus Christ at Calvary. We cannot do any other. The work of God in the earthly life of Christ has determined our kingdom. And we can live that kingdom out on earth in new, in vital, in revolutionary ways for everyone, regardless of perceived status or personal story. Friends, this is what it means to live the Lord's Prayer now. His is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory forever and ever. And we say that last word, Amen. So be it. There is the seal of heaven on this prayer. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. 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 God bless you.